We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast presented by at&t connecting changes everything Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Daniel, do you enjoy watching disaster movies? You mean, do I like watching billions of people perish on screen? (laughs) Now you're making me feel bad about enjoying Titanic. (laughs) But I guess, I mean, do do you like the physics of those disaster movies? Or do you feel like it's always impossible or impossible? (laughs) Well, I feel like the solution in those movies is always either nuke it or send Bruce Willis. (laughs) What's wrong with sending Bruce Willis? Is that physically impossible? He's basically the human nuke. What about if a cosmic space banana suddenly careens towards Earth and crashes into our planet? Well, I think then we have to send Bruce Willis with a nuke to blow that thing Mm. up to make a cosmic smoothie. Well, okay, so if you were in Hollywood and you were pitching a physics-based disaster movie, what would you pitch? Oh, man, we have so many good ways to end the world with physics. That doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, and I think about how the world might end. He's an optimist, folks. I'm a planner. (laughs) (laughs) Is there such a thing as an optimist physicist, or are they all pretty pretty down at the end of the universe? No, we are all optimistic because, you know, we're relying on society to fund our abstract thinking about the nature of reality of the universe and stuff. So you got to believe in a sort of educated, optimistic, forward-thinking society for physics to even be a thing. Always believe in other people's money Yeah, your optimistic <laughs> motto. If the world ends or society crumbles, there's not going to be a lot of openings for physics professors in the end mm. days. 
All right. Well, welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we talk about all the amazing and crazy and silly and bonkers things, space Cheetos and giant space bananas, and talk about it in a way that we hope you understand and enjoy. And Bruce Willis. Let's not forget Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's in the category of giant space bananas, right? He's a kind of <laughs> banana. Yeah, we talk about all the amazing things we know and all the amazing things we don't know about the universe, including some of the things we covered in our book, We Have No Idea, A Guide to the Unknown Universe. Yeah, in which we talk about all the crazy open questions of the universe, basic stuff that we should know about our cosmic neighborhood and our place in the universe, but physics still hasn't figured out. Yeah, it's a book that to, uh, I think up until recently has now been translated to over 20 languages. So those of you out there listening across the world, I'm sure there is a book version of this book in your language. Have you read it in any of the other languages? I've read them all in, in all the different languages. I don't understand <laughs> any of it, but uh, I think I have a pretty good idea of what we wrote. I just wonder how all of our bad puns were translated like to Korean. Seems to me like an impossible task. <laughs> does, yeah, does, uh, does graphical puns, I think, is what you mean. <laughs> no, it's a fun book and it talks about all the things that we don't know about the universe and the ways we might figure them out. One thing we didn't talk about in the book, though, is how humanity might end. That's right. We talked a bit about how the universe might end, but there's a lot that can happen before the universe ends. You're thinking they're not the same thing? You don't think humans are going to make it all the way? <laughs> I'm thinking that when we end, the universe ends for us. <laughs> because we're going to cause the end of the universe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or nothing else matters. <laughs> That's right. I wouldn't put it past physicists to sort of converge those two things. I knew you were going to pin it on physicists. You know, if somebody's going to cause the end of the universe, I'm going to blame politicians, not physicists. Really? Not physicists? It's not going to be a physicist pressing that big red button you know, that launches the death device, the doomsday device that creates the cosmic instability that, you know, ruins the structure of space-time or whatever. Yeah, you're right. I'll give you that. It's probably going to be the physicist grad student pressing the button. <laughs> Accidentally putting their coffee down on the button. Oops, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on today's podcast, we'll be getting into a topic that's uh, a little bit dark uh, about the uh, Outlook for Humanity. Yeah, we pay attention to our listeners and we read everything you guys write to us on email and on Twitter. So you, if you have a question about the universe or how humanity might end or something you heard about you didn't understand, please send it to us. But this episode is in response to a very specific question that came in from listeners about different ways that physics might kill you. And not just from boredom, right? Not just from... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Now, physics is very exciting. And Jason had a very interesting question here because because he envisions four ways in which physics can, could possibly end the world as we know it and, and possibly the universe, you think, or just, just the Earth? I think probably just the Earth or just humanity. I think in all these four scenarios, the universe will truck on even if humanity is extinguished. Mm. And what do you think Jason is uh, thinking here? Do you think he's worried about these things happening? Do you think he <laughs> is trying to cause these things to happen? Perhaps, hopefully not. Yeah, this is a similar quandary. Um, I'm not sure if in answering his question, we are enabling a supervillain <laughs> who's making plans to sort of uh, ruin humanity. Or right, maybe right. somebody who's like planning to protect humanity against the coming of potential supervillains. This is oh, a classic question in philosophy, you know, by creating technology and spreading knowledge, are you enabling war or preventing it? 
Mm. You think Jason might be the the Bruce Willis of Twitter. (laughs) Or he might be the Lex Luthor, right? (laughs) One of those two. (laughs) Either way, we're going to answer your question, Jason, and uh, hope for the best. And so today on the podcast, we'll be asking the question... What are four ways in which physics could end the world? <laughs> and we got more than four ways. We only have time to cover <laughs> four right. ways, right? We're, under, we're only explaining four of them today. <laughs> That's right. This is the top four of a very, very long list of ways to kill everybody on Earth using <laughs> physics. Uh, these are the top just because these are the ones Jason picked? Or do you, <laughs> do you think Jason nailed the four most concerning ways that physics could end the world? Oh, I think it's like a thousand-way tie for first place, but these are the four that <laughs> oh, Jason thought about. I guess I guess if it ends the world, it's, it's they're all equally bad, right? <laughs> That's right. Or they're, they're... equally good for <laughs> somebody not us. No, but these are four very creative ways to potentially kill off humanity. And they probe sort of an understanding of the nature of matter and gravity and electrons and all that stuff. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun to go through them and really think about the physics of what would happen in each scenario. So this is what Jason wrote in his tweet. He wrote, Rate these events from most catastrophic to least. Number one, gravity turns off for three seconds and then back on. Number two, the Earth suddenly starts spinning backwards. Number three, every electron within one light year of Earth suddenly disappears. Number four, the sun shuts down for two weeks. And then he later clarified that it's still there, but it's just sort of turned off and went dark. Uh, it winks for two weeks. <laughs> That's a long wink, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific, too. Two weeks. It's like, you know, not, uh, you know, three weeks, not, you know, 16 days. He's like, yeah. he's, it sounds like he's planning for this. Yeah, he is making some specific plans. These are not just arbitrary numbers. You know, I think he's really tuned these catastrophic events. Makes me wonder about how much planning he's done. Well, I think it's pretty cool that one of our listeners sort of sat around, you know, and thought of all the all the things that could happen in the universe and wondered what, how, if, the, if these things were possible and how they would affect us. Yeah, and I think a lot of these have sort of physics implications that you might not think of when you first hear it. There's an initial idea and then there's some subtlety to each one. So they're awesome, not just because they might cause the death of billions of people, but they might along the way teach those billions of people something about physics. They all sound pretty, hmm, I'm not sure how to say this. Were you going to say plausible? <laughs> uh, it sort of sounds like the plot of a of a spy movie or a disaster movie, you know? Yeah, a lot of these movies start off with some catastrophic event or some dramatic event that makes you wonder like, ooh, how did that happen? Or how did the aliens get control of gravity? Or, you know, who's who's deleting all these electrons from the universe or something. But most of these movies end up unsatisfying. They're like, oh, it's the infinitely folding proton that can do anything or something. Oh, I see. Or dark matter. Always go with dark matter <laughs> or quantum realm. That's all. Dark everything. matter. Oh, man. Don't get me started on the science fiction novels that lean on dark matter. <laughs> you go to a dark place. I do. I recently read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And it basically has nothing to do with dark matter. You think he just meant like matters that are dark? (laughs) I don't know what he meant. It's really more about the quantum uh, multiverse. It's like the many worlds theory. So Mm. dark matter. I think it was just like random clickbait physics title. (laughs) Maybe we should. This is not fair, though, for me to criticize him. Blake Crouch, if you're a listener, please come on the podcast and argue with me about the science in your novel. Invitation extended. (laughs) Today we'll... uh, 
it's going to be a little bit of a different episode. So we're going to tackle each of these possible scenarios that Jason came up with. And we're going to ask people on the street what they think of it. And we're going to try to explain what would happen if these things actually happen. That's right. So I had the hilarious and enjoyable task of walking around campus at UC Irvine and asking people what they thought would happen in these catastrophic scenarios. <laughs> and did people look at you uh, with a fear in their eyes or were they amused? Did they run away? They didn't look at me the way we sort of mentally looked at Jason for posing these questions. They weren't worried that I was planning to enact any of these scenarios. Um, I think they enjoyed thinking about them, yeah. All right, well, let's tackle these one at a time. And so we'll start with uh, Jason's number one on the list, which is what would happen if gravity turns off for three seconds and then it turns back on? Here's what people had to say. What do you think would happen if uh, gravity uh, just shut off for like three seconds? People, I think, would be flying up. Uh, the buildings, I think, like, if their foundations were strong enough, they would stay here on the Earth. But the people would, like, fly up for a little bit. And then when the gravity comes back on, they'll fall down. If there's no gravity, that means the Earth cannot hold us. Everyone maybe will just fly to the sky and in three seconds. Mm -hmm. And after three seconds, the gravity is back, and we will just fly off. What do you think? Is it pretty realistic what people envision? Yeah, mostly. I think people think about the immediate thing, that they are being held to the earth and that that would right. stop if gravity was turned off. And then they're worried about, you know, like how high up are you going to get and how catastrophic would it be if gravity turned back on? Well, this is an interesting scenario, I guess. I guess we all sort of wonder what would happen if gravity didn't exist. But I think he's he's asking what would happen if it suddenly turned off. Yeah. You know, like one one second we have gravity and the next millisecond we don't have gravity. Yeah, because we wouldn't even be here without gravity, right? Gravity is the reason why we have the earth. It's the reason why we have any sort of structure or anything going on. Without gravity, stuff would just still be floating out there, dilute in space. So you need gravity to make the earth and people and the sun and all that stuff. And this question is about what happens if somebody like bumped against the gravity light switch accidentally in the universe <laughs> control room. <laughs> That's right. God, she, uh, <laughs> she accidentally, you know... Lean against the wall, hit the switch. Yeah, you put your coffee down in the wrong spot or something. Right. A lot of people said that you would fly up, right? Mm. And, you know, gravity is holding us down. That's certainly true. But if gravity disappeared, you wouldn't immediately fly up. Oh, interesting. Well, I guess my first question before we get into the effects is, is this even possible? Could gravity just turn off for three seconds and then back on? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, we have no way to manipulate gravity or understand the structure of space-time. We don't even really know what gravity is. You know, is it just like the way that space is bent by having mass and energy around? Is it a force like the other ones? Um, but of course, we don't have an understanding of the quantum nature of it. So we don't really understand what gravity is and how it works. So we definitely don't know how to turn it on and off. We even talked on a podcast about like anti-gravity devices. Yeah, I guess I mean, um, do you know of any situation in physics in the universe in which gravity doesn't work? You know, like uh, we talked once about like anti-gravity particles, maybe. Mm -hmm. Could we somehow some suddenly be washed over by anti-gravity particles? Or, or, you know, is it even possible for gravity to suddenly not work? I don't think you could turn off gravity. The thing you might be able to do is counteract it. Like if you cranked it. up dark energy right here at the Earth, 
Dark energy is basically doing the opposite of gravity, right? It's stretching space and moving things further apart. Mm -hmm. So if you somehow were able to manipulate dark energy in a way to like expand space, to change its curvature locally, Mm -hmm. then you could effectively have the opposite effect of gravity, canceling it out. So you might be able to balance gravity. I mean, this is really a stretch. We don't even know what dark energy (laughs) is. But Uh if I had to go somewhere, I would, instead of turning off gravity, I would try to balance it with dark energy. But that's oh, a, a maybe with a maybe with a maybe on top of it. So if I was writing the Tom Hanks Dan Brown novel, I would have the evil zealot create a, a dark energy bomb. A dark energy bomb. <laughs> yeah, that somehow I'm just I'm just spitballing here, uh, and and this is not a suggestion for anyone out there. Um, but in the movie, it, you might create a bomb that suddenly, uh, you know, gives off a lot of dark energy, which cancels gravity for three seconds here on Earth. What do you think would have the most sort of first weekend ticket sales? A dark energy bomb or a dark energy laser or a dark energy gun? <laughs> as long as it's called dark energy, I think the name will totally just sell it. The, the title of Blake Crouch's next novel that has nothing to do with dark energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it sounds like, you know, there it's not impossible. There, There's, you know, that you could envision a movie using this a plot device. Oh, and, I like so the now, way you call it not impossible, which makes it sort of, su- which sort of suggests that maybe it's possible, <laughs> but like in the same way, like it's not impossible that we could be the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, wait, we're not? <laughs> could happen. We need the po- dark podcast bomb to go off for that to happen. That's right. And boost, boost our ratings. <laughs> At least in my universe, we're we're number one, Daniel. We're the number one podcast that I listen to. All right, so let's get into what would happen if you actually turned off gravity for three seconds and then turned it back on. But first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico, because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. 
L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. All right, Daniel, walk us through this scenario. So paint us a picture. If I turned off gravity for three seconds, what would happen? Well, the first thing would happen is that you would fly off of the Earth, but not straight up. Well, I can't fly down. Um, I'm guessing you mean like I would fly in the direction that I'm the Earth is rotating? Yeah, you can think of yourself as sort of orbiting the Earth just above the surface. Think about what would happen uh, to the moon if gravity turned off. The moon would not fly straight away from the Earth. It would keep going the direction it's going. It would shoot off in a line tangent to the circle it's moving in. Uh, right? Because what gravity is doing is it's sort of bending it in a circle. So gravity disappears. The moon shoots off sort of sideways. So if you're like a little moon of the Earth, everybody's their own little tiny moon, then what happens is that you shoot off sort of at an angle to the surface. Oh, I see. Like a, a, and a ta it's tangent to the circle too, right? Yeah, precisely. It's tangent to the circle. It would just keep going. It would no longer be reined into an orbital circle. I would just... It's like you cut the, the, the string that is tying it to the Earth. Yeah, and remember, when gravity turns off, there's nothing like pushing you away from the Earth. It's not like you're getting forced away. Uh, I've seen a lot of science fiction movies, you know, that when gravity, when you get into space or whatever, things sort of automatically float away from you. They don't necessarily unless you give them a push. But in this case, you're already moving away from the Earth and it's gravity that keeps you on the Earth. So when you turn that off, then you sort of keep going in the direction you were going. So everybody would float up. Yeah, you wouldn't. Uh, I guess you wouldn't float technically away from the Earth. But to us here on Earth, where I'm standing, it would seem like I'm floating up. Because the Earth is rotating under you. Right, yeah. Like the house will keep moving around the Earth, but I am sort of now going tangent to the Earth, but I'm, it's also moving with me, so it'll seem like I'm floating up. Yeah, it will. But eventually, if it's for long enough, then the Earth will curve away from you and you no longer be directly above your house or your garden or wherever you stood. Like if you painted an X under you and then gravity turned off, the X would seem to be under you for a little while, but then it would no longer be right under you because of the curve of the Earth. And so would this happen suddenly or slowly? You know, like let's say, boom, I turn off gravity. Am I now like falling up or am I, you know, be like, wait, wait, what, what's going on? Would it be slow or fast? Uh, it wouldn't be too fast. You'd be floating up because the curvature of the Earth is pretty small. And so you're mostly already going in the right direction. Oh, I see. It wouldn't be like I was falling up. It would be more like um, detaching from the Earth. Yeah. And the Earth would continue to curve sort of away under you and you keep going in the same direction. And so oh. the distance would increase uh, sort of at a nonlinear rate. But the very first few seconds, you wouldn't get that high. How high would you actually get if, if gravity turned off for three seconds and I start floating up? Uh, how high do you think I would, would I get? It's a great question. I actually had to sit down and do this calculation because I wasn't sure. And the way to think about it is that the Earth is sort of rotating out from under you. Remember, you're still moving in a straight line and the Earth is rotating out from under you. I am now heading straight to the moon or something. Yeah, you're being shot out into space. It's a massive slingshot. 
you know, or like think about the earth as a big merry-go-round and you suddenly let go and then getting <laughs> flung out into space. But the earth is really big and really round. And the curvature, as you know, is not that easy to spot. So the only reason you're leaving the surface of the earth is because of that curvature. And so in three seconds, you would actually only float up about 14 centimeters. So if gravity turned off for three seconds, I would me, elephants, giraffes, cars out there would float for about 14 centimeters and then come back down. Yeah, so it's like you take a little hop, right? It's big enough for you to notice, but not big enough to really be dangerous. But I would feel it, right? Like probably a lot of, a lot of people would throw up <laughs> from that <laughs> feeling of freefall for three seconds. If you suddenly floated a foot into the air, yes, I'm pretty sure you would notice that. And if it continued, you know, if like the person who turned off gravity was sort of like fumbling for the switch and it took longer, then it gets more dramatic pretty quickly. After 30 seconds, you'd be like 14 meters above the ground. Oh, that's not good. That, that's not that, good. That one you don't recover from easily. <laughs> no, unless you're wearing a lot of protective gear. All right. So, uh, so I would fly. That doesn't sound too bad. It sounds <laughs> at least before the world ends, I would get to uh, fulfill my dream of flying <laughs> and floating. Uh, in space. Um, and so what else would happen besides me floating? Well, he talked about gravity turning off and he didn't limit it to Earth's gravity. He was just like gravity, period. Oh, in the universe. The whole universe. The universe. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And most importantly, that means that like all the Earth's gravity is gone and the sun's gravity is gone. And that has some consequences. Like if this, We would shoot off into space. Yeah, just like we would float off of the Earth's orbit, the Earth would fall out of its orbit and keep going for three seconds out of its orbit. Oh, and then when it turns back on, we would be in a totally different orbit. Yeah, and we might have the wrong trajectory. We might, might not any longer be in a stable orbit. And so we might sort of get kicked out of the solar system. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, it does not sound good. There's lots of ways to move around the sun and only a few of them are a stable orbit. And so if you just sort of all of a sudden drift out to a larger radius, but you haven't picked up any speed, then you're not in a stable orbit anymore. Would the Earth crack or anything like that? Like would our atmosphere suddenly poof away? What what are some of the things physically that would happen to our planet? Yeah, the atmosphere also is held to the Earth by gravity. And so the atmosphere would float uh, away from the Earth the same way because it's spinning. It would just dissipate. Yeah, it would just dissipate out into space. Um, But, you know, three seconds is not that long, so you wouldn't lose a whole lot of atmosphere. Oh, I see. Three seconds. Okay, got it. Got it. It would dissipate a little, but then it might uh, come back down. But by then, we'll we'll be in a different orbit. We'll be in the wrong orbit, and then the Earth, you know, it'll get sucked back by the Earth's sun's gravity when it turns back on, but it might then get sucked into something that's not a stable orbit. It could, like, whiz around closer to the sun and then get thrown into interstellar space. But that's not even the worst part. <laughs> okay. What's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? The biggest kind of deal, the, the cataclysmic end to your Michael Bay movie is that remember that gravity plays a really important role in holding the sun together. It's the only reason it's a ball of fire, right? Otherwise, I mean, it's a constant explosion being held by gravity. Yes, it's being pinned down by gravity. And so if you turn gravity off, then it like unleashes the sun's fury for three seconds and the sun would basically explode. I mean, it's a huge nuclear bomb being held together by gravity. In three seconds, that would be enough to to explode the sun? It would definitely explode. What would happen when you turned it back on? Mm, I don't know. Like, could he gather it back together? It would definitely change the dynamics of the sun. And so it might be a very different star when you turn it back on. It might be burning at a different temperature or have a different radius or a different opacity, you know? Oh, I see. It's like in a stable little um, cycle, 
and you would be totally disrupting that. Yeah. Yeah. You like kick the fire, you know, and then you got to try to get it going again and it might, you know, sputter out or flame up or do something totally crazy. So for three seconds, we would see the sun suddenly get bigger for three seconds and then gravity turns back on and then it something else will happen. Something else will happen. And it's not easy to figure out what, you know, we don't understand the way a lot of these stars work anyway. So, you know, nobody's done this kind of simulation to figure out like in detail what would happen. You'd need to run a massive simulation of, of the sort of hydrodynamics of inside the star. And nobody has done that calculation. It's not something you can sit down and do with a pencil and paper. And in those three seconds, is it possible where the sun grows? Is it possible that it'll fry us? Or, you know, like it, if it sort of explodes for three seconds, is that you know, shower of energy going to fry the planet? Probably not. Remember that the sun is light minutes from the earth. So we're really far away from the sun. And so three seconds is a tiny fraction of that. And, you know, there might be like a pulse of energy which gets shot out. But then remember, gravity turns back on. And so any of that plasma is going to get slowed down and dragged back into the sun. I bet you get like an enhanced solar wind, but we'd still have a magnetic field to protect us from that solar wind. All right. So I think that paints uh, a not a great picture, <laughs> which is that, you know, we might get kicked out of the solar system. We might ruin the sun. Uh, but here on Earth, we'll, we'll float for three seconds and then come back down. So a lot of cars maybe, you know, might float and then crash back down. That wouldn't be too bad. But the worst is that we might get kicked out or the sun would explode. Yeah, overall, pretty bad. I rate this on the on the badness scale as pretty mm-hmm. bad scenario. Pretty bad. Especially right. I'm during curious rush to know hour. The, the range of your scale here. <laughs> Does it go from pretty bad to utterly terrible or from don't worry about it to... <laughs> Keep listening because some of these scenarios right. get pretty nasty. All right, let's get into the second one here. Uh, Jason writes, uh, what would happen if the Earth suddenly starts spinning backwards? So I walked around campus again and I asked people this insane question. What do you think it would be like on Earth if the, if the Earth suddenly started rotating the other direction? I think uh, everything would go insane. Like the probably seas would just, and the waves go the opposite direction. Tsunamis would happen and probably storms. I've never thought about it because I just haven't really come up with I mean, you just hear how it goes and you're like, okay, well, it does what it does. But I've never thought what happens when it does the opposite. So I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. None of this was supposed to be sort of cozy scenarios. It's not supposed <laughs> to make anybody smile and cuddle up with a book and a cup of tea or anything. Uh, do you think uh, he means like if you, you know, the earth is spinning right now and we're all very comfortable. And, but suddenly the spinning inverts. Or do you think he means like it stops and then it starts spinning the other way? Yeah, it's a critical difference because if you could sort of snap your fingers and all of a sudden everything is going the other direction, that's not actually that big a deal. I mean, in that scenario, really? like, yeah, the sun is or going... Or like everything, like the oceans, you, me, if we're, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly we're spinning, moving the other way, not much would happen. Not much would happen, yeah. you'd The sun would rise and set on the other side, right? Mm. Um but, but a lot of things about the Earth are pretty symmetric. Would it change like the, the magnetic poles? It certainly might. It might flip the magnetic field, you know, because the magnetic field is generated by what's going on inside the Earth, the rotation of like the, that hot magnetic liquid inside the Earth. And so if you're flipping that, then you're flipping the magnetic field. But that just makes north into south, right? Things still work. You still have a magnetic field to protect you from solar flares um, and cosmic radiation. Everything still sort of holds together. It doesn't really break everything. It just sort of 
puts a minus one in front of a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. I think I, I think I get it. I think if you define the Earth as the Brock and everything on it, including us and the satellites, then not much would happen. And the atmosphere. Yeah, and the atmosphere, not much would happen. But if you maybe define the Earth as just a ball of rock, then things might get bad, right? Oh, man, if just the Earth started going the other direction and we were still <laughs> yeah. going this way, yeah, <laughs> yes. that would be very bad. <laughs> because how fast, how fast am I technically going sitting here on Earth? Yeah, you're going pretty fast. I mean, the Earth's uh, circumference is, what, 24,000 miles, and it does that mm -hmm. in a day, and so it's 1,000 miles per hour is the Earth's surface is moving. So if all of a sudden it's moving the other way, basically 2,000 miles per hour, <laughs> that would be pretty bad. <laughs> That's like going in a car uh, at, a, at 2,000 miles per hour, and then suddenly the car stopped yeah. or crashing to a wall, right? Yeah, yeah not, not recommended. Not, we would all just get smushed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or we would get, you know, if you were outside, you would just suddenly f be flung at 2,000 miles per hour. Yeah, and also it'd be crazy winds, right? Because the atmosphere is also rotating with the Earth. So just the Earth started going the other direction, basically all the air on Earth would have a wind speed of 2,000 miles per hour. That's like much stronger than any hurricane. So right. it would basically flatten every city. Right, but me included would also be going at 2,000 miles per hour. So I would, mm, I guess I would get thrown. If I was outside, this is the best case scenario. I'm outside, the Earth changes direction. You're I'm wearing a lot of protective gear, I hope. I'm wearing a lot of and insulated... Uh, a lab coat and goggles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get flung off into the sky at 2,000 miles per hour, but the wind is also going with me at 2,000 miles per hour. So I think for a few short seconds, I would be flying again. Until you hit something. Until I hit something, right? Like the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or your house or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. All right. Mm. But there's another right. scenario. When I read this, I thought of something else. I thought, mm. what does it take to, to flip the earth to go the other way? I thought, you know, maybe you like stop that you slow down the earth and get it going the other way. And you do that in a very short amount of time. You like actually apply the brakes and then give it a push the other direction. Because, you know, in physics, nothing gets accomplished instantaneously. You can't be going 100 miles an hour in one direction and then instantly the other direction, right? That's an acceleration. That's a change of velocity. And that only happens with a, a huge force. Can it happen with a giant dark energy bomb? <laughs> I think it'd be more a dark energy laser, you know, fire at the surface. <laughs> I see. Um, Good. I'll make a note. But that's an even worse scenario because if you apply an enormous acceleration to the whole Earth, that would break a lot of stuff. Uh, well, it's kind of like... Um... The opposite, it's just a, a milder version of the instantaneous flip of the rock, right? The instantaneous flip is actually easier because you don't have to go through the transition. You don't have to feel the acceleration. Acceleration is what's really bad. It's like if you're in a fighter jet, going at zero miles per hour is no big deal. Going at 5,000 miles per hour, also not that big a deal because velocity is not an issue. But the acceleration from zero to 5,000, those Gs, you would feel them. It would like pulverize your insides. Humans can't survive more than a few Gs without oh, liquefying our organs. Uh, so it sort of depends on a lot of things. It depends on whether Jason meant the ball of rock or everything on it. Mm -hmm. And also in how quickly this operation happens. Yeah, because if you actually do it physically correctly and accelerate the Earth the other direction to get it spinning that way, uh -huh. then you have to be really careful. If you don't include the oceans, for example, then you're going to get like ridiculous tsunamis, like miles high waves sloshing uh, around. 
I see. You got to do it carefully because uh, you got to get every everything on board with your, <laughs> your, your change of direction. Yeah. Otherwise, you ever, it's chaos. You ever feel just like a pan of water and try to walk it across your kitchen? It's almost impossible to not have that water like slosh around and splash on your toes. Now imagine you have like oceans on the earth and you're spinning it the other way. You are going to drown Tokyo and everything else. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so then how would you rate this potential physics disaster? Is this is it too dependent on the specifics or do you think we should it's clearly bad in any case? Um I'd say it's less catastrophic than turning off gravity. I'm pretty worried about the sun being unleashed uh, for 3 seconds and being kicked out into a different orbit. So if I had to pick, I would say gravity turning off is more catastrophic. That's the champion so far. Okay. So what's below pretty bad? <laughs> Pretty bad, but not as bad. A, a bad idea. <laughs> a bad idea. Not recommended. <laughs> is, is there a physics a rating system? Like, you know, G, good, good to go, PG, physics good. This one's PG-13, yeah. <laughs> not recommended. Not right. recommended. With, without the supervision of a physicist. <laughs> Especially with the supervision of a physicist. <laughs> oh, Don't see. offer this option to any <laughs> physicist you know. <laughs> they can't resist pushing the button, can they? <laughs> Whenever I'm in front of a big red button, my fingers just crawl on it. I gotta touch it. I'm like, mm, what does it feel like to press it? What would happen? <laughs> I'm gonna create a button, Daniel, that transfer, uh, transfers all of your money to my bank account. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave it in your front door and see what happens. No! That's my personal Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> it's like a, your nightmare is a house full of red buttons. Is that what it is? That's your Twilight Zone episode. And one of them kills everybody on Earth. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that is a good plot idea. Oh, man. We are pitching so many good movies today. I know. It's like Saw, <laughs> but for physics. There we go. All right. Let's get into the last two scenarios that Jason imaginatively came up with. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. All right, Daniel, we have two more potentially catastrophic scenarios for, for the Earth and humanity and potentially the universe that one of our listeners here, Jason, came up with. And so we, uh, we need to rate them. We need to explain them and see how bad they are. So the third idea that Jason had was... Yeah, he asked what would happen if every electron within one light year of Earth disappeared. Is it for three seconds, you think, or forever? It just says gone. Yeah, we're not getting these electrons back. You know, they have just been deleted from the universe. Could we survive? But, but only within one light year. Yeah, well, he's very specific. He's, he's specific. like 1.0 light year. <laughs> I think he's trying to include like our entire cosmic neighborhood, you know, the sun, oh, all I the planets, see. that maybe even oh, the Oort cloud, but not the whole universe. That's sort of how he wasn't, he's not building to spec here. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's just curious, right? I hope not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the scenario is that every electron that we know that's inside of my body, the earth, the sun, the planets, all the, near, I guess, nearby uh, solar system, right? No, the nearest star is three light years away, three or four light years away. So there are no other stars involved. So basically just our, our solar system, every electron suddenly disappeared. In the solar system. And so right. let's preface this by reminding people sort of how important and ubiquitous electrons are, okay? They're not just <laughs> something in batteries, right? They're not just a thing that you juice up your iPhone with. Everything you know, everything you see, everything you have ever eaten, everything you are made of has electrons in it and needs those electrons. Right. And in a way, it's almost, uh, they're almost, um, it's like one third of all matter, isn't it? Technically, kind of. Yeah, like you take an atom and it has protons and neutrons and electrons. Now, the electrons are very, very light, right? They don't have a lot of mass, but they are responsible for balancing the electric charge of the atom. You know, there's the positive proton and then there's the negative electron. And so oh, it's man. pretty key. I'm thinking this is not good, but uh, <laughs> let's see what people had to say on the street. Yeah, so I walked around and I asked people what they thought. Here's what they had to say. What do you think would happen if all of the electrons like within a light year, just suddenly disappeared. I don't think that'd be good or bad. It will simply destroy the atom itself, like, kind of. <laughs> Considering I'm an electrical engineer, that'd be, that'd be probably pretty bad. <laughs> 
I like I like this last one, <laughs> that last one, where the engineer is worried about his career. Yeah, that's his main preoccupation. I know. I was like, dude, you're gonna have to become a proton engineer instead of electron engineer. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. A, a pro, how would you? Well, what would that new career be called? Pro. Protonical engineer? <laughs> Protonical engineer, yeah. I suppose so. Although, you know, if this happens, we're not going to be around to be hiring anybody. Okay, so you think it's pretty catastrophic if all electrons suddenly disappear? Yeah. Every atom all of a sudden gets a positive charge. Right? You have a hydrogen atom, you delete its electron, you got a proton. And if you had a gas of hydrogen atoms, which we do in lots of places like the sun, then uh -huh. and you deleted all those electrons, all of a sudden you have all these positive protons and they're not going right. to be happy just hanging out. They're going to push against each other. Oh, I see. If I have a canister of hydrogen and I take away the electrons, suddenly I, have a, I just have protons. Yeah, and those protons feel a very powerful force against each other. Are they? Is it, is it my canister going to explode or is it just going to feel pressure. It's going to explode. Your canister also used to have electrons in it. It oh, doesn't yeah. anymore. Right. You used to have electrons <laughs> in it. doesn't anymore. That's what I'm talking about. Like electrons are everywhere. Oh, Everything oh, we are electrons. Them. We are made of electrons. The sun is made of electrons. Oh, the I earth see. is made of electrons. So you delete electrons, all of a sudden, every atom in a, within a light year hates every other atom and wants to be oh, really far I away from see. it. You think maybe Jason was just thinking like, hey, what if we didn't have electricity for a little while? I don't know or what forever. he was thinking, but Jason, please do not do this. <laughs> everything would explode. The earth would explode. The sun would explode. You would explode. My brain would explode. Your career would explode. Um, I, I sense real fear in your voice here, Daniel. <laughs> I feel is... like you're, we actually touch in something that makes you afraid at a very core level. Yeah. Also, I take this one a bit personally. I mean, I'm a particle physicist. I feel something for particles. You can't just delete electrons, man. I mean, it's so cruel. Like they've been doing so much for you for years without any thanks. And then you're just going to erase them, literally erase them from the oh, universe. Man. It's you're not like, cool. Don't cancel, don't cancel the electrons. <laughs> exactly. This cancel culture has gone too far. Are people, if we're Too canceling far. particles people, now, <laughs> people want to cancel the electron. <laughs> and how come nobody ever wants to cancel protons? Huh? It's always the electrons, right? Right. It sounds like it, you're you're pretty afraid of this scenario. Like it would be bad. There's no recovering from it, right? If you have no electrons, then there's no way to balance the charges. I mean, there are other particles in the universe that have negative charges, like the W minus, and some quarks have fractional negative charges. Uh, so you might be able to assemble some other hadrons to give you negative charges and make really weird chemistry. You know, you can make like an omega minus particle to balance a proton and make a whole new kind of atom. But who knows what kind of thing you could build out of that. Certainly not me or you or anything you're familiar with. So it's like you're rewriting the laws of the universe. It'd be totally catastrophic. One second we'd be sitting here talking, and the next second we're just exploding, flying through space, and this massive protons floating out there in the universe. Yeah, exactly. We'd be a plasma of protons pushing away from each other really, really hard. Because remember, electromagnetism is a powerful force, and it has an infinite extent. And so everything within our light year would become a dilute gas of protons eventually. All right, so I think you would rate this as not just pretty bad, but like maybe ultimately bad. This, this is this is up there. This is up there. This sort of like saturates the scale, you know. This like redlines it <laughs> as maximally <laughs> catastrophic. Like this one terrifies oh, me. I see. This is the stuff physicist nightmares are made of. <laughs> that and red buttons. Rooms with red buttons. One of these buttons will delete electrons. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and the other might transfer all your funds to Jorge. <laughs> no. All right. So it, it, I'm impressed that Jason saturated your disaster scale. Like you don't, you wouldn't even want to see this movie. No. I mean, what's going to happen? Everything blows up in the first moment. Boom. Right, movie over. Right. Like there's right. no drama there. It doesn't build to wow. anything. All right. Well, let's get into his fourth scenario here. Maybe that will have a little bit more drama. So Jason writes, what would happen if the sun shuts down for two weeks? But the mass is still there. He's very cautious about that. It just it, He's saying like, what if it stop, stops giving off light for two weeks, right? Yeah, the sun basically goes dark or winks at us in you know technical terms. Mm, but it's still there. It's still making the planets go around, um, but it's just not giving off any light. Yeah. Or particles. Like imagine if the sun became a black hole. It's effectively what would happen. Oh, for two weeks. For two weeks, but then it came back. And then back. it comes back from vacation. <laughs> yeah, so I walked around and I asked folks, were they worried about the sun shutting down? And what did they think would happen in that scenario? What do you think would be like on Earth if the sun shut down for like two weeks? I don't think there would be life, would there? Like, you think just, we'd all die within two weeks? I think so. Plus, like, then there'd be like no gravity I don't know. It, like, I don't think there would be life at all. <laughs> okay. So what happened, Daniel? Only one person was willing to talk to you at this point. <laughs> Everyone else ran away. <laughs> After you ask people about electrons disappearing and all sorts of stuff, um, yeah, they sort of like uh, had somewhere else to be. You made them rethink their lives and what they're doing with their precious <laughs> time that we have here. Yeah, I hope they ran off to tell all their loved ones how important they are to them. He's envisioning what would happen if the sun suddenly turned off and... Um, uh, but I guess physically we wouldn't feel it, right? Things would just go dark. Yeah, first of all, the sun would keep burning for eight minutes, apparently in the sky, because remember, it takes time for light to get here from the sun. So in the first eight minutes or so of this two-week hiatus, things would seem normal. And then all of a sudden, boom, the sun would go black. And it's basically like nighttime for two weeks. Astronomers would be very excited. They can actually uh, work for two weeks, two weeks straight without sleeping. You think they would be excited? <laughs> they brew in a big pot of coffee in anticipation. Astronomers basically lose half of their observing time because of the sun. It just blots out everything in the sky. So we would get great views of the stars. Right. And it sort of um, blocks telescopes also just from like light pollution too, right? It's not just uh, the direct sunlight. It's also just like light in, in our solar system. Yep, and it heats up the atmosphere and makes it wiggly, and so it makes it harder to see that starlight that's sort of limped across the universe for billions of years and finally gotten here, has to go through a wiggly atmosphere, gets all smeared out. And so the sun is sort of the enemy of astronomy. It's not particle physicists, it's the sun. <laughs> particle physicists always beat astronomy, so we don't even think about ourselves <laughs> oh, as enemies. <laughs> I think we need to bring an astronomer here to have a... An arm wrestling fight with you here. An intellectual arm wrestling fight. No, we, we love astronomers and we feel kinship, of course, with all of physics, but especially with astronomers and cosmologists because we're all wondering about the big questions of the universe. Mm. All right, well, it doesn't sound too catastrophic. It sounds like we, we just get a two-week two night, which yeah. sounds great to me because I can sleep the whole catch-up on my sleep. Your sleep, you mostly work at night. I get emails from you at like three in the morning. So oh, you would get so much done if the sun disappeared for two weeks. If it, me and the astronomers would die from exhaustion. <laughs> Assuming your kids sleep for two weeks, right? Oh, right. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard though. You know, I don't think it's very mm. fun 
to endure two weeks of night. But, you know, there are parts of the earth really? that don't see the sun for weeks and months at a time. Right, yeah. People are like near the North Pole. Mm -hmm. The sun sets, you know, in whatever, October, or November, depending where you are, and then just doesn't come up again in February until February oh, or March. Wow. So they have so long depending nights. on when it happens, some people might not even notice. <laughs> yeah. In the winter time, folks would be like, "What are you talking about? Um, the sun is the sun turned off? What? <laughs> there's no sun anyway." Yeah, and it would be more than just two weeks of night because we rely on sort of the reheating of daytime, and so eventually the Earth would get pretty chilly. And the thing I wonder about is like plants. You know, could plants go for two weeks without any sun and then just sort of like snap back into health? two weeks later. Right, yeah. Can plants, would plants just kind of go into hibernation or something? Yeah, it might like kill off agriculture for a whole cycle. So we might all be hungry for a year. Um, but, you know, that's oh, a question right. sort of for biologists. Like if you shut down sunlight to plants for two weeks, would they die or would they come back? I'm, I'm guessing Probably, they wouldn't right? all die, but you'd get definitely reduced yield. So you'd have less food for that next winter. Oh boy. So uh, our culture, our society might collapse. Yeah. You know, I, I like reading science fiction novels that highlight the sensitivity of our entire civilization. You know, like we are all three days away from total riots. Like if, if the trucks <laughs> stopped driving and the supermarket uh -huh. shelves were no longer filled with food, we're like three days away from total chaos. Better stock up on those lentils. <laughs> That's right. Lentils, exactly. Everybody should have lentils mm -hmm. in their basement. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and, but then you're saying that the earth might get colder. Like how much colder would we suddenly be thrown into like a, a two week winter or would it just, would we see it sort of slowly get chillier? It'd be sort of like a two week winter because you'd get the dips for nighttime and then you wouldn't come back up again during the day. And so you just mm -hmm. keep cooling off and getting colder and colder and colder. And you know, wow. eventually if the sun was out for months or weeks or years, then you'd get a new ice age and the earth would really frost over. On the plus side, we would solve global warming. On the negative <laughs> side, society might collapse. You forgot to add more astronomy and cartoons to the oh, plus more, side. Yes. <laughs> That's right. More creativity for nighttime Night. artists. That's another, I think that I think that justifies the rest, to be honest. <laughs> maybe we should think about actually doing this. Yeah. <laughs> maybe kind Jason of a good already, idea. Maybe Jason already thought about it. <laughs> and that's why he's asking. Jason's like using the other scenarios to make this one sound reasonable. Right. He's worked it all out. He's, he just wants to make sure. I was thinking it was more the Calvin and Hobbes strategy. You know, they're like, hey, mom, can I have a flamethrower? No. Well, can I have a cookie? Sure. He's like, can I turn off all the electrons? No, don't do that. Can I just turn off the sun for two weeks? All right, that seems reasonable. Well, he, I guess he has my permission. If his options are turn, uh, disappear electrons or turn off the sun for two weeks, uh, I would say um, turn off the sun. Yeah, so my vote for most catastrophic would be turn off the electrons, then probably turning off gravity, then the earth spinning backwards, and then shutting off the sun for two weeks. That would be the least catastrophic in my book. All right. And that's, that covers the range from not so bad to ultimately bad. <laughs> to please, please, please don't even think about this. Don't start <laughs> doing research on it. Don't imagine what it'd be like or how much fun it would be. Let's just avoid the topic. Wow. This really, you don't even want to talk about it, Daniel. <laughs>
Let's wrap up the podcast. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is making you, this is triggering you, I feel, in ways that are, are making you uncomfortable. Well, you know, every time somebody has a crazy sounding idea that seems impossible, somebody out there starts thinking about it and like, hmm, maybe that isn't impossible. Hmm, I have a few ideas and that's how research gets started, man. Oh, man. All right, let's let's end the podcast then before we, <laughs> before we go too far. It might already be too late. All right. Well, I think thinking about these scenarios is pretty interesting because, first of all, it makes you think about how precious we uh, life is and he- here on Earth, and also it kind of makes you think about how, at the whim of these physical laws we're at, you know, if, if things change, we might not be here. Yeah, we are in a delicate balance, and the universe is this way, which allows for our life and our and our loves and everything we enjoy about the universe. But if it was slightly different then we wouldn't be able to survive. And one of the deepest questions in physics is, could it be slightly different? Why is it this way? Is this the only way that the universe could be? So we are a natural consequence, or are there billions of ways to have universes and we just happen to be in this one? We don't know the answer to that really basic question about our own existence. And I like these questions because they sort of make you think about all of those issues. Yeah, the big question like, what would happen if we didn't have Bruce Willis? <laughs> Who would go and nuke that cosmic banana if we couldn't <laughs> yeah. call Bruce? All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed that. And if you have a question you'd like to hear us talk about in a silly manner, please send it to us at questions at danielandjorge.com. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening. And remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.